What's going on everyone? Welcome back to Happier Healthier Arkansas. Today I have the absolute privilege of being or interviewing uh, one of my favorite people in the world. His name's William Barnes. He's a fitness coach here in Arkansas, but not only in Arkansas, across the country, and you'll be hearing more about that here in a second. Um, before we get started, I just want to let you know that there's going to be a lot of jam-packed information inside of this podcast. Um, we already kind of know exactly what he's going to be talking about, uh, more so the call to actions that he's going to give for every single one of you. I'm extremely excited about it because I've known him for a long time now, and a lot of the stories he's talking about is actually my first time hearing it. You want to stay tuned for this entire episode. So it is my absolute honor and privilege to introduce the William Barnes. William, thank you so much for being here, brother. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dr. Cam. Glad to be here. So the first question I always ask uh, people before we get in with the rest of the interview is how do you make Arkansas happier and healthier? Well, you know, having been a fitness coach for over 20 years now and being able to see, you know, a lot of my clientele over the years, be it back in Texas where I started out and now being in mm -hmm. Arkansas here for over 13 years now is, you know, just helping people just get through daily life in living healthier, living happier, you yep. know, and just, you know, feeling like they're, they're, you know, able to still do the things that they want to do without the aches and pains. Yeah. And so, you know, we all know that when you're not feeling good, when things aren't working well for you, you know, with your health and everything like that, it really downgrades everything else in your life, being it, being it as a parent, as a grandparent, going to work, whatever it may be, right? And so, the way I hope that I'm helping people, you know, being happier and healthier in Arkansas specifically is being able to show them a path of being able to reclaim their health, okay? They may be in their 60s or 70s, you know, 50s, whatever it may be, yeah. but they feel half their age because they're able to do better by getting stronger, living better, sleeping better, eating better, all those things that kind of come together in that world of health and fitness to where they, they operate and they do better just overall. Yeah. And with that was one thing when we connected, um, it was about a year and a half, two years ago, um, when we connected and when we got together and we met for the first time, I remember um, we were sitting at Guillermo's Coffee and we, we met up and I was very intrigued by the way that you look at things. Because there's a lot of fitness coaches out there, right? There's a lot of people that claim to be fitness coaches, but there's very few like yourself that take a holistic approach towards the individual. Um, one thing that I was very interested in is how exactly did that journey start right how how did how did you become the fitness coach of william barnes today <laughs> well so recently i had to do a, a bio for another company that i've started working with and uh you know i started thinking well i kind of know how i got into fitness a little bit and, and i know what steps i took to become a personal trainer or fitness coach yeah but when i started really tracing it back i was like well, what really set me on that path and so i told you when we were talking about guillermo's mm -hmm. uh, recently i said i'm going to let you know how missing my fourth grade football little yep. league signups led me to become a fitness coach. Okay. <laughs> so the way that happened was when I was three or four years old, mm -hmm. I started off playing soccer like a lot of young kids do. Okay. Right. I think that's probably the best sport for kids to get into as far as like something very active. They're out running around a field. They only have to really worry about their feet. Okay. When right. it comes to soccer, right. not so much about the hands, obviously. So I played soccer a lot growing up when I was in my younger years, but I can remember being three years old, sitting on my dad's lap, watching the Dallas Cowboy games. Wow. Okay, so I, so they weren't very good back then in the right. 80s. Okay, right. But I remember those those memories, and so 
you know, I, I really latched on to American football very quickly, okay, watching cowboy games, watching college football games, what have you. So even though I still played soccer, you know, three, four, five years on, up, you know, through six, you know, six or seven years old, I really started to gravitate towards, you know, having a passion for football, yeah. getting out in the yard, throwing the football with my dad and everything like that. So along comes my time in fourth grade, and I hear some friends out on the playground talking about football practice and these football games. They're talking about they're putting on their shoulder pads and their helmet. And I'm thinking, this is that sounds so awesome. What you know? How can I get involved with this? I'm like, hey, you know, where are you guys doing this? You know, I, I want to come play. Like, well, I, you know, you know, you're not on our team. So you know, did you make a team? Did you sign up? And I'm like, well, I don't think I signed up. You know, what happened? You know, right. So I found out I missed signups weeks earlier. Right. I was devastated. I go home. I tell my dad I'm upset. I'm frustrated. And so I told my dad, I said, I don't care what the next sport is. I want to play it. When it whatever it is that's, that's going to be signed up for, I want to play it. Wow. I was so upset by missing football. Right. And so he said, he, my, I'm sure my dad probably sat back and thought for a second. He's like, well, you know, basketball season is probably coming up next. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is probably late September, early yeah. October by the time I told him this. And so he said, you know, so it's basketball. Do you, you know, you think you'd like basketball? I said, Dad, I don't care what it is. I like, want to play it. I, don't, I, didn't even, yep. I didn't even know what basketball yep. was at that point. right? <laughs> so several weeks more go by. It's probably late fall, early winter, and it's time for basketball signups. Mm-hmm. And so I remember him driving us in his truck to Little League basketball signups that night. And I remember distinctly telling him, I said, Dad, I want to be known. I want to play defense. And right. he says, well, you know, basketball doesn't exactly work like football. Right. It's, it's kind of like we, what you did in soccer. You know, yep. You're on offense and you're on defense. And I was like, okay. I said, well, I at least want to know. I want to be known for playing defense, yeah. right? Known for my defense. And I probably even mixed in there something like, I want to hit somebody. You know, and he said, well, you're, not, you're definitely not going to do that either. <laughs> like, okay. we're, we're, like we're, we're not in that realm. <laughs> exactly. It's not like football. Okay. So I didn't even know what basketball was probably yeah. at that time. So then that morphed from really having a passion for football into basketball. So then all of a sudden I'm, I'm very passionate about basketball. And so here I am at eight, nine, ten years old getting more and more, you know, uh, attached to basketball, you know, growing a passion for it. Yeah. And so along the way, you know, and here's the thing, my little league basketball team was the Bulls. Okay. And so I'm thinking, okay, what I'm used wow. to watching the Dallas Cowboys on TV. Surely the NBA or whatever professional league is out there, surely they have a team called the Bulls. Well, sure enough, there's the Chicago Bulls, right? Oh, yeah. And so that's how I became a fan of Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls in the late 80s, well before all the success in the 90s and everything like that, okay? So that's what helped me develop, you know, again, a passion for basketball, studying what they were doing on the court, that mindset that Jordan always brought to the game and everything like that, right? And so around the time about 13 years old, I'm thinking, you know what? As much as I love basketball and I think that I'm good at basketball, I'm really not that good at basketball. <laughs> okay. Me neither. We're okay. Yeah, exactly. So I'm probably not on that level of basketball right. like Jordan and the Bulls and everybody else in the NBA. So I thought, what can I do, you know, instead of playing basketball, what can I do to still be connected to basketball? Make Hopefully mm-hmm. make this a profession, you know, later in life, right? Yep. So I noticed, hey, there's NBA coaches, there's college basketball coaches. So I quickly thought, okay, well, if I can't play the game, I want to coach the game. And so I thought, I specifically want to be a college basketball coach. So from the time I was 13, all the way through junior high, high school, getting into college, I wanted to be a college basketball coach. I went to work for the college men's team right there at Southwest Texas State, down in San Marcos, Texas. Helped out the coaches. 
because the, what, what was sold to me was, hey, if I'm going to help out these coaches, they're going to go to bat for me when it's time for me to get out there in the real world and try to get a basketball coaching job. Those guys are going to help me say, uh-huh. hey, William, he, he did a great job working for us. He's, you know, very hardworking, uh, you know, yep. got good ethics and all that good stuff. Okay, he's the kind of coach that you want on your staff, right? And so that's what I work towards. But as I got into graduate school and it didn't work out for me to be a graduate assistant on the basketball team at another school that I went to, I thought, okay, I've experienced being sort of around basketball coaches for a few years now. And I've seen some coaches leave, get fired, or move on to the next job, and some stick around. Either way, it's a hard life. It's a hard lifestyle and everything like that. And so I thought, I don't know if I'm quite cut out for this. I'm a little more rooted. I want to be somewhere, plant roots. I grew up that way. My parents were in the same house throughout my entire childhood and what have you. We didn't do any kind of moving around. So I wanted to be able to plant roots. I quickly thought, I don't know if I'm cut out for this coaching stuff Mm. because I feel like I'm probably going to have to be moving city to city, state to state, always at a different school or whatever, right? So when that didn't work out, that was kind of a blessing in disguise because I thought, I need to move on to something else. Yeah. Okay, so I've still got this coaching need in me, this this want, this drive to coach somebody to greatness and do something great, right? Yep. So I heard people in my graduate school classes talking about being personal trainers, being strength and conditioning coaches, what mm-hmm. have you. I thought, well, that sounds great. I know a little bit about working out because I'd been working out you know, all those right. years prior, being in athletics, working out for basketball, what have you. So that quickly thought that quickly morphed into, well, I just want to, now personal training sounds great to me. I still get to coach somebody, okay, on a one-on-one level, all right. So that's how it went from missing fourth-grade football signups to becoming a personal trainer later in life as I got out of college and just started to get my feet wet with helping coach other people in their own health and fitness journey. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> Took a while to get there, yeah, no. but that, that's a whole run but of it right to, there. But to think that, you know what I mean, and to look at that kind of rabbit trail, I mean, obviously there's there's no coincidence. There's no, um, like, like you were meant to be who you are today, especially in the realm of personal training, fitness coaching, and things of that nature. Um, when it comes to, because obviously there's a lot of personal trainers and there's a lot of fitness coaches, um, but I'm always interested in, you know, I, I know, but I, I just want to hear it again where, you know, what what separates your way of personal training amidst other forms of personal training that are out there? Yeah, that's a great question. I think with a lot of fitness coaches and a lot of personal trainers over the years, and especially when I first got into the industry over 20 years ago, you know, personal trainers were very cookie cutter with what their approach was. Hey, it's the, it's this kind of working out. It's this kind of nutrition. Okay, and I mean that that does help get the ball kind of rolling. Right. But one thing I've always prided myself on is the fact that. I help people with their own custom needs and wants. Okay, so when they first, you know, when I first get them on the phone, when they first come in for an evaluation or you know, a, a kind of a, a test, you know, session or what have you, you know, I'm wanting to know what their, what is their why for why they're contacting me, why they're coming in. Yeah. Okay. Is it, you know, hey, I've got, I want to drop 25 pounds. I've got this, you know, I want to get ready for a marathon to run next year. I just want to get back into smaller, slimmer clothes, whatever it may be. Okay. There's got to be this deep want or, or why there for what they're wanting to, to accomplish. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then it's taking that practical, customized approach to them buying into, well, hey, this is how you're going to get there. All right. And so while I may still have a central approach of, hey, I feel like people get the best results doing this, be it 30 minute sessions or this yeah. kind of supportive nutrition, what have you, it splinters off from there as, hey, 
you know, this person over here has different wants than this other person over here. And so it's going to have to be treated just a little bit differently, you know? And so yeah. I really take that custom approach to everybody that I work with, because again, nobody's, nobody's suffering from the same aches and pains. Yeah. Nobody's wanting the same things as far as out of their body. Some people are a little bit more vain and that's totally fine. Right. Okay. If they want to look at themselves in the mirror and, and, you know, you know, yeah. have, 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 have a good time looking at, you know, looking at what they're yeah. seeing in the mirror. Yeah. Other people's like, Hey, I just want to wake up and just not feel like I've got to take a whole bottle of aspirin just to make it through the day, mm. you know? So, I mean, there's different cases there and uh, just treating everybody as an individual and, and, and customizing things, you know, works best. It seems, it seems very similar to, you know, the patients that come into the clinic because when people come in here, you know, they're suffering from, you know, all these different chronic conditions, right? Albeit migraines, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, um, uh, you know, IBS, digestive issues, a whole, you know, RA, a whole barrage of different things, right? But it, when people come in with a diagnosis and we sit down and, you know, we ask, well, what are, what are your goals, right? Well, I want to be migraine-free. The real question is why? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing when people come to you, right? They come to you, I want to lose 25 pounds. And what your, your approach, this is why I really enjoy it, because your approach is very holistic, where you, someone's coming to you and saying, I want to be able to look at myself in the mirror and feel better about myself, or I want to lose 25 pounds. And your big focus is, well, why? Because there's always a deep-rooted why between the thing that we want, right? We want to lose 25 pounds, but why do we want to lose the 25 pounds? You identify the why, and then you take people from point A to point B and lead them through that journey. And that's why I'm so fascinated with what you do. Yeah, thank you. And your, your approach also is also, you know, very simple, too. I know we talked about 30 minutes a day, six days a week. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now what exactly does that entail? 30 minutes of activity, 30 minutes of strength training. Go ahead and explain that to people that are listening. If they're trying to start to get active, um, how 30 minutes a day, six times a week can massively impact their life and make them happier and healthier. Yeah. And that also comes back to their goals as well. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I do recommend 30, at least 30 minutes per day, six days a week for everybody. Right. All right. And we'll get into a seventh day here in, in, a, in a moment. Uh, but whether those out of those six days, if two of those are strength training for some individuals and the other four days are just kind of cardio based and yep. maybe some stretching and what have you, some mobility to again, help them feel better and what have you. Well, that's one way to approach it. Other people say, Hey, I'm, I'm looking to get stronger, get more powerful, build muscle, whatever. They're really into their body and, and the way it looks and performs. Then they may want to do five or six days worth of strength training, kind of all split up, you know, uh, in, in, in a good manner to where they're not yeah. really, you know, doing some kind of overkill basically. Yeah. Overdoing, yeah, overdoing it, overtraining. And, uh, you know, then they may want to mix in some cardio just for a little bit of ad added benefit from there. So everybody's you know, situation, everybody's journey is going to be a little bit different and, and how it's customized. At a base level, like I say, if, if two days a week of strength training, 30 minutes per day, mm -hmm. and then the other four days you're doing just, you're focused on cardio, that's kind of a base level right there. What I find with most of my clients is if they can get in three days worth of strength training for 30 minutes a piece, and then the other three days being cardio, that's a nice balance right there, along with what they've got to do nutrition-wise. Yeah. You can't yeah. you can't skip out on that because yep. no matter how good your your workout performance is, you can't outwork out a bad diet. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, workout-wise, if three days a week of strength training, three days a week of, of cardio that's kind of a good level of say, hey, if I can commit to that much per week, 
Yeah. I'm going to reach my goals or I'm going to get very, very close to it. And maybe I have to go 45 minutes each day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just to get that little extra, extra, whatever, get those, you know, other benefits that they're looking for. Yep. But that 30 minutes per day, six days a week, three strength training, three cardio is great for just about everybody. I, I know some people are intimidated by it because some people think you have to be in the gym for two hours a day, yeah. seven days a week in order to see any benefits. But really it's just like cold exposure, right? Like cold exposure, you know, research shows about three to four minutes, you get the max benefits of cold exposure. Everything after that, you're just sitting in cold water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Um, so that's awesome. That's awesome that you, you take that approach where it's like, hey, let's identify the need, right? What's the why? And then just 30 minutes a day of some form of activity, right? Yeah. Getting the heart rate up, whether it's going for a walk, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's strength training or things of that nature. Uh, we said we'll talk about the seventh day. Yeah. What, what does that entail? Okay, so you know, one of my calls to action uh, that we'll expand on here in a few a few minutes is, yep. you know, I do think that people need to have some sort of movement every single day. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you know, obviously the six days per week, or you know, it could be as little as four days per week if that's all they got in their schedule. Yeah. And, you know, that's totally fine. But preferably five and even six days of, I'll say, rigorous activity. 30 minutes of those days okay okay and that means like the muscles are straining you're you're pushing Pushing. you're you're being challenged okay your heart rates up you're breathing hard that's the type of exercise i'm talking about for everybody okay now it's going to be a little bit different you take up you take somebody in their 20s they're going to be able to you know handle a lot more intensity than somebody in their 70s most likely yeah all right but it's the intensity of that individual that they're putting into it for that five or six days per week okay and then the seventh day is just getting some movement letting your body move and and recover definitely nothing rigorous nothing hard challenging because again you'll burn yourself out yeah that happened to me when i was in my younger years Mm -hmm. when i was a teenager my friends and i we went to the gym seven days a week blew it out seven days a week and all of a sudden a few months later we're you know i remember it being a saturday and we all kind of called each other like yeah i'm not going to the gym today yeah i mean either we'd all hit a plateau we'd all hit a wall because we were pushing ourselves way too much way too often now you're you're very not only from a not only from a physical level but also from a mental like emotional uh, level you have a really really great mindset and things that you actually put into place in motion to be productively you know happier and healthier within your life right the five different things yeah and I definitely want you to expand on those because I haven't even heard that come out of your mouth okay. yet. and I, I want to <laughs> I want to learn more about those so the five things that you do and that you've seen in your clients that make them happier and healthier yeah yeah and you know a lot of these I've picked up from you know others that in my industry that I, I look up to uh, as far as you know th- guidance that they have yeah okay yeah and so I, I can't claim all these for, you know, for myself, okay? okay? Yeah, <laughs> but they're at least ones that I put into practice and I'm trying to spread the word about yeah. it, okay? So the first thing that I would say is, is five daily alarms, okay? And so the reason why I say alarms is you don't actually have to set an alarm on your phone, but mm-hmm. if that helps you, if that helps people out there keep themselves accountable to these five things that I'm about to say, then that's great. Do it, all right? Wow. So the five, the five daily alarms are 10 hours before you plan to go to bed, so if you plan to go to bed at 9 o'clock or 9.30 or 10 o'clock, 10 hours before that time, so we're talking probably before lunchtime around 11, 11.30, uh-huh. 12 o'clock in the day, right? No more caffeine or stimulants of any kind. So no coffee, no energy drinks, that kind of stuff. It's out. You're done for it for the day at that point. All right? That's the okay. first one. Three hours before you go to bed, stop eating or drinking anything. Mm-hmm. So all kind of food, all kinds of food, wine, water, whatever it is, yep. all food and drink stops. Two hours before bed, stop any kind of business-related mm. electronics. So laptops, yep. cell phones, anything that's got you've got to really focus on for your business or for work or whatever. 
put it away, all right? One hour before bed, all electronics off. Gone. All gone, okay? Now, I will say this. I'm a father of an eight-year-old, okay? Right, right. And she needs... You know, her TV yeah. going at night to with soothing music and whatever to help yeah. put her to bed. Yep. But I'm not focused on the TV when I'm with her when we're trying to get her to bed, you know, my wife and I and everything like just that. Just playing. It's just playing. Yeah. I'm not focused on it. It's the same stuff we put on for every single night. So it's her routine, okay? Oh, yeah, I get that. Yeah. So <laughs> I understand, hey, the parents out there that have kids that you need, they need their electronics yep. all the way until they finally drop, you know, go yep. to bed or whatever. I totally get it as long as you are not focused on it. And, hey, it's a great opportunity to introduce saying, Hey, we're all just going to sit around tonight and read an actual book. Yeah, you know, open up an actual book and, and read. Okay, or just have a have a, a nice easy conversation or yeah. whatever. Okay, again, turn the electronics one hour off before going to bed. Try to. Okay, mm-hmm. and then zero is <clears throat> the next morning. Zero chance that anybody hits the snooze and stays in bed. It's time for you to get up. Get going, go for a workout, start accomplishing your goals, do whatever it is, get going, and, and start the day off the right way. So zero chance of hitting the snooze the next morning. So 10, 3, 2, 1, 0. 10, 3, 2, 1, 0. Those are the five. Those are the five daily alarms. Five daily alarms yeah. that, that you put into practice. Putting into practice. Oh. Exactly. You'll feel better. You'll you'll feel like you're more productive. You're setting better goals. You're accomplishing those goals. Yeah. It, it can start as simply as that. And I hope we didn't lose people uh, when you said 10 hours before you go to bed to stop drinking caffeine. I know. That's because... a, that may be the toughest one of them all, right? Okay. <laughs> so I, I know I know the, the listenings will go like this after they're yeah, like, yeah, oh, okay. this guy doesn't know what he's talking no, about. Exactly. No, yeah, but, so. but I do agree with that 100% because, you know, I see it, you know, as a nervous system expert, looking at nervous systems and seeing how caffeine impacts the nervous system. I mean, it's very true. Yeah. It's very true how caffeine, you know, it has a half-life of... I forgot what the half-life is, so I'm not going to like just say it, but it has a pretty long half-life, yeah. right, in terms of how long it stays into our system. Yeah. So repeat that one more time. So ten. 10 hours before bedtime, no more coffee or stimulants of any sort. Okay. okay. Three hours before bedtime, uh, no more food or drink. Okay. Two hours before bedtime, cutting out all business-related electronics. Okay. One hour before bed, all electronics ceasing to, to exist in the house at all, okay. so no TV or what have you, and then zero chance of hitting the snooze the next morning to say, oh, it's okay, let me sleep another 30 minutes or an hour or whatever. No, 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 get up and get going, go accomplish your goals, because the, thing, the message you're sending to yourself and your goals is, oh, they can wait, it's oh, okay, yeah. yep. okay, so don't do that to yourself, get up, get going. Because, because if we do that, what's happening is we're putting subconscious patterns into our minds and into our belief and into our, our faith to be able to be like, okay, well, I can have a couple more extra minutes. And then yeah. that's the same thing, right? That, that's another five minutes that we could have had towards our goals and things of that nature. Yeah. If, and I tell my patients, like, if you're going to press snooze, if you know you're going to press snooze, I have some patients, man, and I used to be this way, but, they, you know, they would have, like, 15 different alarms, you know, 4, yeah. 430, 431, <laughs> 434, um, yeah. 437. Look at the, look at the, my, my tip per se would be is to look at your alarms and see what that middle ground is. So if you wake up at some point, at some time between 4.30 and 4.45 and you have 15 different alarms between them, just wake up halfway between them. Yeah. Right? So set yeah. your alarm for that and then give yourself, I love that, 0% of pressing snooze. Yeah. Get up and get your goals and get, get, get your action started towards moving in the right direction in that day. Exactly. Um, for, the, for the listeners that are listening, uh, when it comes to a call to action, something that you want them, you want them to move them to do, um, what would that look like? I know we talked about a fat loss leader. Um, yeah. talk, talk more about that. Well, you know, one of the other things, uh, you know, we, we, I mentioned earlier the seventh day, 
Yep. Okay, as far as you know, a workout during a week or whatever. And so one of my five calls to action again is purposeful movement every day. All right. So while it may not be a workout per se, you're definitely not going to the gym and trying to you know load a barbell on your back or get on the treadmill and, and run at a, a high pace or anything like that, right? Yeah. But that seventh day should be purposeful movement of just simply going for a walk, okay, or stretching or doing something that is you know, you're moving your body, you're getting your blood pumping a little bit, but yeah. it's not rigorous, it's not too, too, you know, intense on you, all right? And the purpose of that is just to, you know, focus on your body for, again, a seventh day, yeah. all right? And I have so many clients who come in and they'll say, you know, oh, I, you know, I went to the grocery store, or I put Christmas away, or I did lawn work, you know, you know, mm-hmm. worked out in the lawn work. That's not the same, because there was, there was something else within that that you were trying to get done. It just happened to be that your body was the primary mover there. So when I say with seventh day and purposeful movement every day, what I'm talking about there is you're still focused on the body. It just isn't near as intense as it may be the other four, five, or six days of the week. Yeah, it's still, it's still intentional motion, intentional movement. But not so much rigorous. Exactly. Right, yep. not so much rigorous. Still showing the body that you care about it and that you're focused on it and you need to just not be, you know, let's be frank here, let's just not be lazy yeah. for a seventh day. Let's get some purposeful movement in uh, that is focused on the body. Again, work, you know, a walk, stretch, whatever it may be, where the, the body is the primary focus. You're not trying to get something else done within mm-hmm. that time, basically. And we have, you know, we have listeners, you know, the podcast is Happier Healthier Arkansas showing and showcasing people that help make Arkansas happier and healthier, right? Because we're on a mission to make Arkansas the happiest, healthiest state on the entire planet. Um, I have listeners, you know, in Michigan and Iowa, Chris has listeners in California and things of that nature. Um, what's interesting What's interesting about you is that your particular realm isn't just focused in Arkansas. You have obviously clients in Arkansas and you see profound results with them, um, but also more on the online side of things as well. So could you talk more about that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Throughout my entire career, it's been in-person, face-to-face, one-on-one, yeah. mostly personal training, okay, where I'm actually able to be in the same you know, gym, same place as my client, okay, yeah. be able to uh, you know, help them focus on you know, a certain aspect of the workout, maybe you know, touch certain points, you know, touch your shoulders, you know, whatever, to say, hey, you know, it needs to be done like this or whatever. Yep. So the other, you know, what I'm pivoting to is uh, more online personal training, to okay. be able to, you know, impact more people out there yeah. basically okay so it's not that I, I'm not having fun or, or you know trying to get completely away from in-person personal training I still yeah. like that that'll always probably be a, a part of what I do in the fitness industry but you know having that need or, and desire to impact more people out there yeah. who may not be in Little Rock Arkansas okay they may not be a short drive away from being able to come to see me in person yep. a few times a week okay but they can see me virtually you know over the computer screen or yep. by way of text or email or just helping them get going you know they're a self-starter in a way but they mm-hmm. just need that guidance that direction that accountability yes. okay that maybe they're lacking in their life or they just don't like anything that's within their area uh, wherever they live to where you know maybe they feel more comfortable with sort of a virtual setting versus an in-person setting at the gym or the, the yes. fitness center that they want to go to or you know the you know the fitness centers within their area that you know that they live by. And then with that being said, for those that are listening that are like this guy's super awesome, I can see why Dr. Cam brought him on. How do people get in contact with you? What are some ways that people can reach out to you and get and get to know more about uh, what it is that you do? Probably the best way is William at trainwithwilliam.com. That's okay. my email address. Okay, yep. uh, you know everything. I get every, all kinds of communication there. Okay, yep. uh, and I certainly don't mind giving out my phone number too. It's my actual phone number. Okay, five zero one. 
859-3824. Text me, call me, whatever it may be, okay? I'm, you can always reach me. Okay? And, and one, thing, <laughs> so. one thing that you are a blessing not only to Arkansas but to this world because of your accessibility and how much of a passion that you have for helping people. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for taking some time, man. Uh, like I told you a couple seconds ago, you're a blessing to me, you're a blessing to the world, and you're a blessing to Arkansas. God bless you, my friend. Thank you so much right. for coming on Happier Healthier Arkansas. Thank you.